0: And it's it's different in that you're gonna be exposed to risk for several years. I mean this this varies a lot, depending on the size of the project and the municipality and all that. But you're going to be exposed for quite a while to risk while you take the raw land and develop.
1: Welcome to Real Estate Hustlers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Appleman Capital. Uh, today we've got Dan Hepperkost, CEO of Front Page. I'm sorry, Front Range Land. Launched his real estate career at 21. His strategic acumen by his late 20s led him to thriving portfolio, granting him an unparalleled lifestyle freedom. Dan, we appreciate you coming on the show today. If you could let the listeners know a little
0: bit more about yourself. Hey, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so, long story short, I uh, I started working pretty early, and through high school and college, ran other people's businesses and. As I was finishing college, around 20 years old, I I realized that I was a little ahead uh, compared to most of my friends and that I've been managing people for years, uh, managing P&Ls and and other people's businesses. I didn't get to have a lot of fun in high school or college, but nonetheless, I thought, okay, well, how do I take this and apply this to some sort of business or investing uh, to put myself ahead as an adult? And so I started reading different books on equities and businesses. And it was like everybody else. When I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was like the light bulb moment. Real estate it is. And so uh, at 21, I went and bought a duplex as a house hack. Uh, I was listening to Bigger Pockets and a lot of the real estate podcasts you'd probably recognize. And uh, shortly thereafter, I bought another house hack, just a single family living in one room, renting out all the others. And I realized that the low and no money down stuff, as far as actual investing, eh, it's good for maybe a house hack or two, but the reality is real estate investing is a cash intensive venture. Things are gonna go wrong, even if you do buy with no money down. One of my rentals I bought at 100% seller financed, I promise you still need money. And so a a normal middle-class job wasn't gonna cut it and it was around that time that I started looking around for some sort of active business that I could start. You hear about flipping, wholesaling, all these different strategies, and it ended up being land and development that I settled on because really I I met an investor at the local real estate meetup in Colorado Springs where I live, and I I actually host that group now, and he'd been doing land and development all over the country for the last 40-some years, and he needed help in his business, and so I'd go down an hour south of where I live, down to Pueblo West, Colorado, every weekend, help him uh, with whatever I could. And what that really turned into was, uh, along with just helping with the builds, because he was doing quite a few just infill builds at the time, What was sourcing the land for the new construction projects, going direct to seller, figuring that out to go get land for the projects. And I got really good at that. And that is ultimately where Front Range Land came from. Uh, And so, quite simply, it's just a giant marketing funnel going direct to seller for land. And most of it, we just buy and sell. Very occasionally, I might do an assignment, haven't done in a long time, but pretty much close everything. Uh, And then a few at a time, I'll put new construction on and and sell that. Uh, And so, it's quite simple, actually. And and then that's the active business that has continually fed the acquisition of more rental properties. And so, uh, I've been doing this for six years uh, and not planning to stop anytime soon, but I'll, I'll pause there.
1: Oh, that's great. That's um, you started out with like um, a lot of other real estate investors start out the uh, uh, learning with podcasts, learning with uh, reading books mm-hmm. and then taking action into a single family. And um, it's like the, um, the advice, the acumen, don't, uh, don't bite something bigger than your head. So as you do, do things and get experience, you you get the experiences and, and your head gets bigger with knowledge and more knowledge. And, um it keeps you safe through the years for the most part um so what initially inspired you to uh to get into real estate at such a young age
0: well that goes back to having to work pretty early on uh and you know in high school all i did was go to school and then go to work and then in college i mean i was working full time uh while going to school to pay for it that was miserable i had no life i had no fun that 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 sucked and so that was really it it was just Freedom. I wanted some uh, amount of freedom as an adult. I saw <clears throat> my older siblings, my parents, my cousins, uncles. Everyone did the same thing: went to school, got a ton of debt, got a crappy job. They were stuck in their jobs, and I, I did not want to replicate that. And so that was really the impetus: is just not being stuck the way everyone I grew up around was. Got it.
1: Makes sense. That's good enough reason. It definitely keeps you keeps the motivation going. And that's the biggest piece is, is yeah. what is your why? Because your you know, your will mm-hmm. creates the actions for what you desire. And that's kind of how big is your why and, and uh, yeah. you know, your motivation behind the scenes. So on a, on land investing, how are you all finding these these uh, deals? And I, I don't even know if you would consider land finding the deal. It's fi- of course, there's different areas. Don't keep me wrong, like some very prominent areas. And if you snag a piece of land in a great area, then it becomes it, it's already it's it's intrinsic value, is the location. How do you all, are you looking for an off market list where you just pull, pull data and, and um, advertise directly to the others or?
0: Yep. So the majority of our business comes from direct to seller uh, mail, send about 10 ish thousand mail pieces a month. Postcards have been working really well, but sometimes we do letters, mix it up a bit there depending on the time of year and always just testing. Uh, and then we do some very targeted cold calling as well. So, yes, it's all off market. Don't really do anything on market, at least on the acquisition side. We resell on market all the time. And um, uh, yeah, mail is the majority of it. And the key is is the follow up because we very rarely get deals on the first few conversations. It's very often, you know, 10, 20 conversations later that we get a piece of land on a contract. And one important distinction i want to make guys uh you know josh i'm not sure your background with land or any of your audiences but people often misuse the word raw when referring to land they 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 say oh raw vacant land They, they see a piece of land between two houses oh there's a piece of raw land no no so i go after land that is already horizontally developed all the entitlements are in place the utilities are there it is for all intents and purposes shovel ready where the end user, whether it's me or somebody else, just has to get the plans and engineering done and go through the process of getting a permit. No further improvements are needed to the land itself in order to build on it. And this is really important because there's a lot of time and money that is put into taking raw land and turning it into uh, you know, thousands of shovel ready lots within a subdivision. And so uh, totally different business model. I have friends that go and take raw land and just get it to the point of being uh, horizontally developed and then sell it off to builders. It's a great business model. It's just different. And it's, it's different in that (laughs) you're going to be exposed to risk for several years. I mean, this, this varies a lot depending on the size of the project and the municipality and all that, but you're going to be exposed for quite a while to risk while you take the raw land and develop it. Whereas the simple arbitrage model I'm doing the land is, is already buildable. And so I, I just think that's important that your listeners know that, uh, those yeah. two things are very different.
1: Yeah. To kind of compound on top of that, we've got, uh, it's 21 and a half acres of industrial I-1 land. Uh, it's already entitled for the, for the, uh, permitted use, what we wanted for a uh, self-storage. However, mm-hmm. there is a, 20 year overlay that has already been approved and entitled on top of the I-1, uh, zoning. So mm. with that overlay, it, um, it permits up to 200 000 square foot of industrial um warehouse um so okay that's then to get our project approved it's taking it all the way back through the physical court to get a uh, conditional use permit so it's uh there there's definitely there there's a there can be nuances to uh to the land and those are always found mm-hmm. in the covenants of of the deed and um uh, planning and zoning and in every everywhere else but Um, Are you all going after residential or are you going after industrial?
0: Mostly residential. Occasionally we will get multifamily lots, but the vast majority of it is residential.
1: Got it. Yeah. And, and then of course, I'm thinking you're doing large tracks to where you can uh, sell that land to a a larger developer, housing uh, builder.
0: Is that, you know, in several hundred deals, most of them have been between a quarter and one acre in fill lots. Think, think throughout Florida. Florida is just an endless array of subdivisions, you know, with maybe 20 to 50% built out all the way up the coast and even inland. And and so most of those subdivisions have have small quarter, half acre lots. Those have been great and even the big guys, so think of DR Horton or Toll Brothers or Lennar, a they do large subdivisions where they own the whole thing, but then they also have, you know, DR Horton calls it their scattered lot program where they buy individual lots within these already done subdivisions where they don't own the whole whole thing. So among the big builders, you have the medium and small guys as well. uh, And those tend to be the end buyer for the lots we sell. And then sometimes it's just the mom and pop who's going to hire the builder to put uh, a house on that land for themselves. Got it. So you mentioned Florida, What, what
1: would be like the coolest lot that you have ever gotten under contract? Like, like a, wow, I can't
0: believe we have this under contract coolest, I guess, you know, there was one we did this year in Homestead, Florida. That was a great deal. And for anyone who doesn't know where that is, it is within Miami Dade County, south uh, west of Miami, and it's kind of up against the um, Everglades on the one side. And it's very uh, landlocked, so to speak, like there, there is not much land over there because you go towards the Metro and that's all built out. And so we bought it at 45 and we resold it at 130,500 with 24 hours on market uh and so that one was just interesting because that was a great deal obviously they're not all like that um and that one it, it was a weird type of, it was it was a very specific type of ag zoning where there was all kinds of restrictions and they couldn't build a house on it without a special use permit but that area was so in demand i've never seen demand for land like that before
1: yeah miami is still um uh, it's still wild down there it's uh, it's got a massive yeah. growth it's incredible um but yeah, you'll get the, you'll get those pieces of property. Like you all doing direct to seller, that is mm-hmm. uh, that opens you all up for some very unique opportunities that you typically that typically never even go on the market because you'll blast them out to your email buyers. I'm sure before you even take it on the MLS, and then those somebody of there might grab it. And then if they don't, then you'll see it pop on the MLS, and then it's open market. But that's that's more kind of like being on mailing lists to different uh, wholesalers and. Um, Guys that are that are bringing deals, uh, sometimes you can you can get the uh, the deals uh, through those channels before the MLS. That's um, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, how many? So, what, what? Tell us about your portfolio. What have you What have you grown your portfolio to uh, right now with land?
0: Well, with the land, it's just a cash printing machine is the goal. So, okay. I don't want to keep anything on that side of things. It's just a way to scale my income to go buy more and more and more rental properties. Okay. So that's, that's the goal there. Um, and so if we're sitting on land and it's not moving, that's a problem. <laughs> so velocity is a big part of the business. It's just a way to make money ultimately. So I'm not the type that's buying land and holding it for three to five years, uh, at least not now. So. Got it. Okay. Very good. D- usually, So to, directly, usually we have a couple dozen properties between under contract to buy, listed for sale and then under contract to sell we usually have two to three dozen properties yeah
1: that's what makes land very tough is is that there's no cash flow being produced so it's um it's 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 tough to get it under contract and then go through all of the entitlement process planning and zoning when when you don't have entitlements you've already got entitlements when you're purchasing these properties so that's that's a huge advantage to um um, to the end buyer that can just uh, simply mm-hmm. pick out a, a print work with the architect and then um, um, get things done. That's huge. Yep. Um, very cool. So what what have been some learning lessons that you've, uh, you've encountered on your journey so far?
0: Mm, yeah, there's a million things I could go through, but just sticking to land, because the point I want to make is applicable across the board, it's hard to overemphasize the importance of follow-up because when I look at our CRM, we have a long term follow up category and we pull deals from that all the time, six, nine, 12 months later. I, I mean, it, it, so many of these deals are 20, 30, 40 follow ups down the road. The deal I just cited in Homestead, Florida, that was a really good one. I think my acquisition manager had been on that for 10 months and there was over 40 follow ups to get that deal. Uh, and so basically, the way we have things set up, if we talk to the seller, and they seem like they're our avatar, right? And what I mean by that is our seller demographic. If they say, "Hey, I want sixty grand," it's worth fifty, and you know, that's not our seller, right? Oh, okay. Here's our realtor. Good luck. Go, go call a realtor. But if they're insistent on not selling with the realtor, uh, they're not unreasonable on price. We will continually follow up with them until we either get that deal or they sell it to someone else or tell us to f off. Uh, we will not stop following up because, really, the key to marketing is just being ever present in that person's mind until they are ready to sell. So that when they are, they call you. And so that's probably one of the biggest things I want to drive home to all your listeners.
1: But let's let's um, uh, kind of tie this into maybe some marketing strategies for the uh, for the listeners, guys that are trying to break in, and and because that's a big part what are some systems that you'd have them set up and then are you all doing text blast? I know you're doing direct mailing, but is there text blast? or what kind of CRMs would you use and,
0: um, you know, tie all that together for us. Sure. So we use Pebble and that is specific for land. It would not be ideal for houses or apartments. So you'd need to find a different CRM, but I know there's plenty of options out there. That's not that hard. Um, we don't do text blast. Once we're already in contact with the seller and, and, you know, having a conversation, we might send a text just as a means of follow up. Uh, but, you know, I have our, our own internal SOPs for frequency of follow up, depending on the conversation and the seller and what's going on. But that varies dramatically. So I can't give you a good rule there. Uh, but whatever asset you're targeting, uh, make sure you, you have a good CRM. Make sure you're relentless on your follow up. And, um, oh gosh, there was another point I wanted to make and I'm, i I lost it there, but, um, yeah, for us, it's just call and mail, call and mail. And, and once we have a lead, we're just calling and texting with them mostly, uh, from, from that point. I mean, email can be useful, but we like to get them on the phone if we can.
1: Yeah. Are, are you all leveraging a, um, a VA?
0: No, no VAs. I've not had any, any luck with that. All my, my people that work for me are, are here in the U S
1: Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah. It's um. It's been hit and miss. I know what you mean. It's um. You can get them trained yeah. really good. Uh, just take overflow of things and then nominal tasks, duties off of your your um, your core core personnel employees, and then just mm-hmm. kind of creates a disconnection too. Is what we've we've kind of battled. So it's a back and forth. But um, totally sure. agree. Um, so what's the um, what is the overarching uh, big hairy audacious goal to the uh, the land investing? Keep doing it until until uh, your multifamily portfolio pays for everything else? Or what's the goal?
0: Yeah, so it's funny. I, I'm working on refining those for next year, so I don't have those fully built out. But the biggest thing, the biggest new thing is with a partner, uh, a friend and, and now business partner of mine, we just launched Ground Up Partners, which is if you have a land deal and you need to close it, you're not assigning it, you don't have the, the funds for it, bring it to us, we'll partner on it and provide the capital. Uh, So that's worth discussing if anyone uh, has land deals that they don't have the capital for. So launching that and and really getting that built out is a, a big thing we're working on for next year because the land space is so inefficient. There are no capital providers. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but barely. I mean, there are almost no capital providers for land. All of my friends in the land space have the same problem of having a really hard time getting financing, even if they're buying it at 50, 40 cents on the dollar. And so we're working to solve that problem. So that's one of the biggest things on my radar, uh, along with just keeping my my business going, my personal business going. Yeah, I think,
1: and you're 100% correct, land is extremely tough to uh, to uh, finance. And you've mm-hmm. got to have a really, really solid business plan for the, the purpose of, of buying the land it's got to be able to be executed ultimately no bank and no hard money lender or any lender wants to be stuck with a with a piece of land that they have to Mm -hmm. try to sell and that's just the cold hard truth because it just it generates no revenue there's no intrinsic value to it unless your business plan gets executed so um as long as there's a a purpose to it and it's able to be done i mean the the value is what you created that's the Mm -hmm. biggest piece unless it's just in a ridiculous, um, area with a, um, ton of demand, like your Miami deal. I mean, there, it it is extremely tough. Um, we have, another piece of land that we, um, for another property that we're, we're doing a a flex warehouse uh, development Mm -hmm. on. And it's just, it's tough to, to get it to where you have enough time without actually closing on the land first and then, Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, getting your development done. So totally, totally resonate with that for sure. Um. Okay. And then you're opening up a capital arm to uh, actually assist with closing the land and then um, becoming partners. That's, good. That's a good, yep. um, good strategy as well. Um, cool. So I'm assuming that you all are nationwide, just wherever the deals are at, or are you looking focused in on, on just niche markets?
0: Uh, with my personal land business, we're in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Colorado, mostly. Oh, the uh, with so I, that was very intentional because, especially you know, 12 to a year, 12 months to a year and a half ago, there was so much uncertainty. Nobody knew the degree to which the interest rates were going to impact the market, and we still, of course, don't. The future is always uncertain, and so I sleep well at night going to markets where new builds are still selling in the 200s, and there's still a massive amount of people moving there. Right? Those markets are going to be the last to go under if if something goes horribly wrong with the economy. And so I, I like being in those, in those sorts of markets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where you've got, um, you've got population growth, job growth. There's a, there's a demand pent up demand already there. I, I like that and, for sure.
0: Yeah. Josh, let me make one more point there. I'm talking about in my active business day to day where I'm quickly buying and reselling for my buy and holds. I'm doing that in Colorado. Uh, Colorado has calmed down a lot in the markets that I'm doing business in along the front range and, if I'm planning to buy a rental that I'm going to keep for 10, 20 years, I'm far less concerned with what's going to happen next month or even next year. Again, what I just said about sticking to those cheap entry-level markets where a lot of people are moving, that's referring to my day-to-day business um, where you can't get caught with your pants down if you're trying to buy and sell something in the course of three to six months. But if you're going to hold it for 20 years and it sustains itself, then that's less of a concern.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. That's um, and then as economies of scale pick up, then uh, you got to be in the right areas for that as well. Just um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of course, it's that's, that's different property sizes. It's um, just depends on what uh, what you're buying hold is. Um, sure. Very cool. So you met, you had mentioned a, uh, a mentor early on in your in your investing career, and then you've taken mm-hmm. over the um, the uh, REI meetup. Tell us a little bit about
0: that. Yeah, so uh, the mentor is just a close friend now and and uh, the key there was not asking for anything, uh, for quite a while, more just going, helping him listening and learning. Uh, so, you know, being somebody now that I occasionally people do reach out to me, don't send a message and you know, on the first message to someone you've never talked to before in your life that you're on a podcast, ask them for something. That's not a great way to get a mentor. Don't ask them to be your mentor. What you're really doing is just over time, making a friend. Uh, so important note there, if I had you know, asked him to give me all your secrets day one, that probably wouldn't have gone over quite as well. And then, yeah, the real estate group is in Colorado Springs. Uh, that's been really valuable. There's, of course, always a portion of the room that comes and doesn't do anything, but the amount of competent people I've met there and and business partners and people I've transacted, transacted with that I've met there has been really amazing. And that's been well worthwhile. And I mean, we we get a really solid turnout, anywhere from 50 to 100 people generally. So that's been worth doing for sure. Awesome.
1: Have you had the opportunity to uh, to train someone else how your um, um, how your business works as far as in the mm-hmm. uh, in the meetup? Very cool. That's yep. um it's gratifying to pass the knowledge along. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dan, if somebody wants to reach out to you, learn more about um, land investing and how they can uh, possibly um, look more into your company and and uh, be a part of it, how can they reach out?
0: Dan Habercost on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or just danhabercost.com.
1: That is perfect. I uh, truly appreciate you spending the time with us today. Definitely look forward to following you. And uh, Dan, we will certainly talk soon.
0: Thanks, Josh. Awesome. Thank you.